Welcome back to Mishpacha Magazine's Take Two, where you get a personal glimpse, a close-up with the names and the faces familiar to you from the pages of the magazine. The legend, the OG, the GOAT, whatever term you're going to use, A.B. Rottenberg occupies a very special place in Jewish music. A man whose enduring relevance and impact has been felt not for a decade, not for two decades, but for much longer than that, and for many years to come. A.B.? Well, thank you for the bracha. I'm not so sure I like the... Uh the reference to you know the Sir Lazozel, but uh, I thought I could make a sports reference <laughs> with you. Absolutely, I, well I know what it means. You know, so but, uh, uh, I don't think it applies to me. There's certainly greater and and, and and more significant composers than myself. And I Baruch Hashem, I, I have my hat in the ring, and and I, you know I've able to contribute a little bit, but uh, the the degree of platitude is a little too much. I would say go to greatest of all time. Maybe they're better composers, maybe they're better lyricists, but people who are able to do what you've been able to do in Jewish music, I don't think, I don't think anybody has even tried to be a lyricist and a composer and to compose. compose. I understand, but the, refer- the G-O-A-T, greatest of all time, is really a not, not a Jewish concept at all. I mean, nobody could ever be the greatest. for something of all time. It's nuts. Ah, so here's where you, well, you push in that unexpected Chavetz Chaim Balmusser in you. That sometimes shows it's itself. Embarrassing. As, uh, it's embarrassing. You're embarrassing. To what say greatest. What? Can I say you're great at what you do? It's been a great career so far. The bunch of Baruch Hashem. People seem to enjoy what I've put out, and they seem to connect to it, and that's 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 a wonderful thing. I didn't mean to make this conversation so awkward so quickly, but we're <laughs> running into something here, which is very interesting about you. Okay. There's a price to celebrity, as they say, a certain exposure and a certain expectation that you're just going to connect with the people around you, and you've always been more uh, private. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's introverted or you're not withdrawn, but you're not a person, you're not out there as uh, backslapping. And I, I've watched you enough times backstage mm-hmm. at right. Hask and other right. concerts. And I've seen you, you know, you, you come from the airport with your backpack and you mm-hmm. sit there and you do your thing. And mm-hmm. um, you're not doing that star thing where you're just uh, slapping it up with everybody. Baruch Hashem, I have to thank my wife. She keeps me uh, rooted in this world and my feet are on the ground. And, and, uh, you know, there's not, I know my own faults better than anybody else, so that, you know, they, they pull me down as well, and they, they root me into, into the earth, and, you know. Baruch Hashem, I, I, think, I think one of the, the, the advantages I've had in my career is that I never had to um, perform or write music or, or record anything for a living. I didn't have to do it as my, as my parnasa. So somebody who is out there and has to be this persona who attracts business and attracts people and, and, and maybe you have to mingle in a certain way and it, it's more difficult for them. So they have a greater nesoyance. Do you think if you were starting out now in 2021, if you were a boy of uh, 18, 19, just getting started now, do you think you would even be oh able to gosh, do that? Oh my gosh, I never thought of that. What would I, how would I respond to today the pressure and the, and the image that people have of, right. of, of, of musicians? And the exposure. I, I, I'm fortunate that I grew up in a time when the music was really very, I don't know you say in Ivrit, Amami, it was folk music. It was very much, you felt like you were part of expression. And you, today it's so much more of a business. It's, it's a real industry. And, and the star culture surrounding the performers was, themselves. There was no, really wasn't star culture when we were growing up. I mean, Shlomo was famous and everybody knew him. But even Shlomo was such a simple and, 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 and forthright person. And, and you could go over to him and talk to him, and he, right. there was no separation Imagine between... it helps for you to live out of town where you're able to just do your thing. It's not like you're living in the... It's not such a public arena. Well, some people say I grew up out of town because I was born in Queens. 
So, some people would say that's out we, of town. We discussed once that Rabbi Teitelbaum Shul, where you grew up, was yes. a springboard of so many future leaders in so many in such a different variety of ways. So many amazing. great Klal figures yeah, came out of that out of that sure, little shul. Sure, something in the air. You yourself was inspired. You told me by well, Ailey, Ailey was amazing, and Ailey was 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 iconic. Even to us children growing up, we knew he was iconic. He made the Pirche records. He was a photographer. He knew judo. He he started. The, he was a camp counselor and a head counselor. And Pesach Kron was amazing, a Pirche leader, and just such a outgoing and uplifting person. And and Kalman Kron, Olavishol, as tremendous, tremendous. Uh, uh, leaders that we had for, for the kids growing was up. Was it a in musically Gardens. inclined shul? Was there something musical about that shul? Or? It was a shtibel, so the, you know, there, was, there was always a buzz in the air when certain people would daven for the yamid because they, they were the ones who would, who would, who would you know, get the, get the oilam excited. But it was very much European. My uh, wife's grandfather Sure, I remember. So he, and he would talk about that a lot. That yeah, was, he, he was a wonderful Baltfila, and when he got up there, there was a little buzz. And then uh, Rabbi Biederman from Shuvu told me once about that had Father Chaim Shia The was, atmosphere was a, just fostered. Yes. made you want to go do great things. So you know what, think. Maybe. I, you know, I only went to that shul. I can't comment on other shuls. I'm sure, you know, other shuls had... Were you a as, as a bachel? My a father thing? would dab for the yamad occasionally. And my father, when he would hear a niggin, you know, he would try to learn it and incorporate it into his davening. And when they first came out with the cassette recorder, I remember he bought a little cassette machine and some chevre came over. My father could play piano and they were singing it to the cassette and you could hear it back immediately. It was such a chiddish for them to to be able to get instant feedback without having to get those big reel-to-reel right. tape recorders and microphones right. and, you know. So music was in your life, but it was never thought of as a career. It was just something you did to... No, I've said, I, as far as, you know, producing or writing or, or getting involved in the world of Jewish music, that happened to me in Camp Stechemet in 1969. So I was a counselor. Ailey uh, asked me to be a counselor. He gave me the youngest bunk. I was the youngest counselor. And all of the other counselors in camp were just fantastic musicians. Baruch Chait was the head counselor. Ellie Kranzler was a counselor. Ellie Birnbaum, uh, Benny Burma, they all played guitar. They would sing folk songs. They would sing Jewish music. Bar- Barry was the Rabbi's sons. I mean, the Rabbi's sons was like, you know, they were like the Beatles to me, you know. They were, they were Lahavdil, you know. But, uh, so I was so jealous. I was, I was the only counselor. I was an Ama Oritz Gomor. Kinasayfrim. And I determined that that year I was going to learn how to play guitar, play piano. And I started, you know, uh, started working at it. And when I, when I come up with a tune and sing it to people, they seem to like it. And they seem to think it was, now, it was, it had some, we some had substance. This once. You, had, you had gone through some pain in your personal life at that time. You had lost yes, your mother. Yes. And yes. your music was maybe then you knew that or maybe you didn't, but it was sort of probably either an escape or an expression of something. Well, it was a catharsis for and me for sure. But, but, but did I, did I turn to music because of that? I, I don't know. I, I'm not, not a psychologist or We'll a, say that your music has consistently touched places in Amuna. It's given people tools to deal with things where other people's music hasn't been able to reach that deep, probably because it came from such a deep source in those years. Another thing you told me, maybe I'm even guilty of it, is that people sometimes tell you that you meant this or you were referencing that. That's and, great. And I you, love that. I love that. These lyrics meant that, and you were like... I love it. Maybe they do. I, you know, I don't know. Sometimes there are multi, multiple layers to, to an idea. Sometimes it might be subconscious. 
look, we, we, you know, we, we are, the Jewish people are the people of the book. We, 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 we learn things and we analyze them and then we analyze it again and we do a Rashi's shot and then we do a Taisa's shot. Then we got the other Rishonim and the Akron, everybody splitting so hairs. So you're comfortable and with the fact that your music is being learned up and studied and analyzed like... Totally comfortable with that. I want to read you something, if that's okay. There was a, mm -hmm. there, there's a Yehuda Gabra, who's a superstar historian for the magazine. He does a column called For the Record, which him and Davi Zafir take on different concepts uh -huh. in Jewish history. Uh -huh. So he put this out on social media. It was almost like a poll. I want, to, I want to read you some of the answers. He wrote, what is the most meaningful line from any English Jewish song? Uh -huh. That was the question he asked. Mm -hmm. So the reason he asked is because in the magazine there's a, a new up-and-coming singer, his name is uh, Yisach Adrar. They had done mm -hmm. an interview with him and he had answered that the words he finds most compelling in Jewish music are, can the mercy of mere flesh and blood run deeper than yours, our creator? And he put this out on Twitter and people uh -huh. are answering. Um, I'm, I'm going to just read you some of the random answers that came in. The legendary East Side Bombs were gone forevermore. Somebody uh -huh. found that powerful uh -huh. because we're dealing with a crowd that is also very proud of how we keep the laws of modesty which is brilliant in its own way. Mm -hmm. in, in, but they're malachal. No, I don't want to. Are you, are you seeing it's not a shav, a common denominator in all these lyrics? The oh, ones yeah. I read? Oh, yeah. I, I could keep going if you want. Uh, Come on, there's got to be something else in there. There are. Yeah, you know my dad was deaf. He said last night he passed away. But, that, that's, okay. but you know, I, I don't know if those are original as yours are. Mm -hmm. Look, Zayda, Shmuel is one of the G'dayla, and I'm giving his card to you. Wow. Um, I like the first one best, by the way. Can the mercy of your flesh and blood? In terms of there are a lot single more line here. with... Not there are more that come from you. you know, I, I okay, but I would think that that's one of the deeper lines or more. But you can argue that something like we're dealing with a crowd that is so very proud, the cynicism no, and that power is a, that, that is a line. That's a line that's restricted to the Jewish community and our world. And the mercy of mere flesh and blood run deeper than yours, our creator, is a universal theme. And it's not just limited to us and to, to Jewish music, per se. It's, it's, right. it's, it's more, something more to think about, you know, uh, just the fact that a human being could even have that thought or that, that, uh, that idea or that impression. And, and people do have it. Obviously, it's but erroneous. The heavens have told her that it's all right to cry, which, yes. again, is, is way ahead of its time, even in psychology, uh -huh. in, in uh -huh. the validation it gives people. And there are so many like that. So there has to be a lot of, you, you can't just say, yeah, I don't know, I was sitting and it rhymed. It doesn't work to no, say that. No, it's it, more than just a rhyme. It's more than just a rhyme. These are thoughts and, and, and ideas and things that, that, that have percolated, you know, and somehow they find their way into a song. And you wrote the lyrics first and then created the tune or the other way around? How did you do it? Both ways. Both ways. You had an idea in your head of a message. And well, take the Sefer Torah song, right? The Sefer Torah song, the nigg and I didn't write. So it's a niggin that's been around for a long, long time. But that niggin was in the back of my head, swimming around while I was writing those words. So, so I would say then that the tune preceded the niggin, so I knew where I wanted to go in terms of the meter or the timing of the song and the, 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 the rhyme structure. But other times I'll sit down and simply write a, 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 a theme or a song and then later I'll figure out how to fit this song in. The Atheist Convention. I had no idea how I was going to fit this song in, but I had the words. I wasn't going to change the words. So I had to fit the music. There's a very Halo good message in that song. I heard this from my rabbi, actually. He oh. said that at the end, one becomes a, a sheik or one becomes a, a priest. Right. But how it's still a dentist in Woodmere. And what you're saying is, I think, 
you that can, you don't have to be a Rav. You can have a relationship with the You could be holy by us. Shalom, you yes. could still be a dentist and be holy. That's right. Which again was a message almost ahead of its time in terms of what, what people needed to hear. You were empowering mm-hmm. a new generation of... I worked in Chinuch. It was in my early years when I was in my 20s. I was very involved in a, in a high school in, in California, in the San Fernando Valley. We had wonderful, wonderful kids in the school from all kinds of backgrounds. Our mission wasn't just to teach a line of Gemara or, or Pasuk Chumash. Our mission was to get these kids excited about Yiddishkeit. And it was happening already in the world. There was Shema Yisrael, there was Eshat Torah, there was Ar Sameach. It was happening on a collegiate level, like a base medrash level, there was this Kirov movement. But there wasn't that much going on at the high school level, on, on a younger level. Today it's much more uh, common. Okay. But we were, you know, scrambling and, 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 and working and trying to change these kids' lives. And I eventually, it didn't happen right away, but after doing that for several years and, and being exp- exposed to Moshe Yes and Shalom Levine's music and Magama, on yeah. that level, on the higher level, I said, I, I've got to do something. I've got to start writing songs that'll, that in, in, in the language of, of, of our youth can talk about Hashem, talk right, about Yiddish. that was a jump for you. You had been... I had done Tveikas, I had done... You know, viewers might I, not I had see it from, uh, from the color of your hair and your hair line yeah. itself, Baruch yeah. Hashem, it's, uh, it's impressive. It's one uh-huh. of the more impressive yeah. from hairlines I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, for the Ashkenazi male, you're, you're, you're pulling a good one, Baruch Hashem. But you've been doing this for a lot of years. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to respond to that, even though I have what to say. I was, I was given a good line a few minutes ago. <laughs> Tell it to me. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. No, no. You're welcome to share anything no, no. here. COVID Abrius is, you know... I'll, I'll take it. Donnie, Donnie Gross, how you doing? He's over there. He's, he's thinking right now. He's, he's the producer in him is percolating and saying, how come you don't have a Covet Abrius song on, on the Marvelous Meatless well, Machine? Get, let's get Covet Abrius. Let's get right. one done. That's a good question. Maybe Joey will do it. You know, have Joey write it. We have to talk about Donnie. And we have, have so many questions to you. Okay. But I wanted to talk about that. So you, you can I know her over 50 years. We had her that you've been... It's hard to believe that. 72. I was born in, I was born in 52. So, yeah. Over 50 years of producing Right. So music. I was about 20. When I, I was and 21 when we did, so almost 50. Not quite. you jumped 50. from, uh, like you were saying, Lashon Kaidesh, Pesukim, Hebrew lyrics, to English lyrics one day. So that, that was, I was a... I was 34 years old when I, wrote my first, when I wrote my first song in English. Which was? It's Time to Say Good That was the first song on Journeys, and it was and the first And you felt like you were reaching the kids with that song in a different way. I felt I could I could sing it anywhere. I felt I could go to any venue, an NCSY Shabbaton, a, a YU seminar, a, a, any any venue, any a public school, and take a guitar and sing that song, and it'll they'll they understand the words, they'll understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, a few sh- a few concise Hebrew words there here and there are going to work. Of songs you've written over the years, and you regret the use of one word over another. Sure, like, I have regret. Regret. Like in conversation in the womb, I have a regret. And, and when I sing it today, I change it. And, and our existence is empty and cold. The, the womb is not a cold place. It may be empty and it may be confined and it may be dark, but it's not cold. It's warm. It's, 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 uh, you know, so I have, I have better lines that I would have and should have used. Can I but ask you something? Bear with me a minute. Do you mind? Can, I, can I play you something? Sure. What are your thoughts to this? My dear brother, walk around and tell me what your eyes behold. Yeah, I know that song, sure. Look, uh, it's only 
Conversation in the Room from an album called Jerry Wisentowski. Uh, bluegrass. A bluegrass album. Yeah. So this marks clearly your Abiratima. You don't have to come onto other sources here. Uh-huh. You're plenty inspired and original on your own. I think this is the only account I know of none of the secular world stealing something from our world. Well, he's not exactly like a household name in the secular world. You know, I wish he was because I'd probably be getting something in the mail every once in a while. Or today well, it's direct deposit. Doesn't that uh, strike you as noteworthy? This is, thir- this is 30, uh, 30 years ago. Somebody called you up and said, Could you In those days, I, I, I think it was a phone call or a letter because it was, it was before email. So we, we, were, we were contacted by, by him and, and he wanted to. He heard the song, I'm not sure how, Jewish fellow. And the, the, the theme of the, of the song and the words resonated with him. And, but he wanted to do it in his style of music. And that just goes to show you how music is so personal for every, every individual in the world. You know? He took a theme, a very serious theme of the afterlife and, and what goes on after the womb and then from the womb to the next world. And I believe in a world to come, but he did it on a bluegrass You were totally style. comfortable with sharing it beyond. He could have done it in a rap song if he wanted. He could have, or somebody else wants to do it in any style they want if it's meaningful to them. Did you enjoy this at all? And the, they asked the permission. As long as they ask permission. Well, I guess today you don't have to ask permission. You just do your cover, and and then you know. Did you enjoy listening to this, or? I like my version better. I think it's more meaningful, but. Were you? surprised uh, over recent years, uh, Donnie, you mentioned Donnie Gross gets a lot of credit for the resurgence, but the, were you surprised by the popularity of the albums that are re-releasing uh, songs of 30 or 40 years ago and the way a new generation is taking to them? You're talking about like the off-the-record songs right. and it's, it's interesting. I, I'm not sure how to react. You know, I've listened to them and, and in a way it's a revival of songs and, and certainly young people who aren't going to run out and buy 20-year-old albums or 30-year-old albums because, you know, we don't advertise them, they're not new, they're old, um, are getting a glimpse into those songs. At the same time, you don't get the whole song. You don't get, it's chopped up, so you really get a little piece of... So for the people who knew the song, it's nostalgic, and maybe you don't need to play them the whole song because it reminds them of the whole song. But for, you know, for the kids today, hopefully it'll stir some interest and they'll want to hear the original. I could say that, that happens. I hope that happens. I think my kids and most kids in their, their circles know George Maggio's card every word now. Because so they went to... It was to, re-released uh-huh. and it came back and they, you want to hear the story. You want to hear the story. So if that happens, then, I, then I'd say, yes, it's a very wonderful thing. It's a good thing. But if it's just that, you know, they hear a little a line or two and, and, and that's all they know of the song and then they, they get a truncated version of it. I'm not so sure how valuable that is, but... You know, but uh, for us, for, for the older people who know that stuff, it's a wonderful nostalgia. So let's talk, let's talk about something else. You're, you're coming out with a new album now, Yitzhak Journeys yes. 5. Now, I once read an interview with a secular artist, and he talked about why so many reunion tours or when famous artists come back, on a, they do a comeback tour, it fails very often. He said more often than not. I oh, really? Know. I didn't he know said The reason is because the people just want nostalgia and a musician, a wants to be creative, they want to innovate, they want to develop themselves, they're not looking for your nostalgia. I'm not here to bring you back to the best days of your life and then you go have a nice night and then you go home and make you remember when you were young and skinny. That's not what I'm doing. He says, I'm trying to connect with you like I once did and you're not there for that. You know, the people who are coming to it, 
weren't really down for what he was trying to do, which was find new strengths in himself. Right. What are your thoughts on that, and why doesn't why do you so, think so? You're York, saying that reunion tours where they a, where they do the nostalgia. Simon Garfunkel did a. They tried it, didn't and they work. tried new it was, music. It, it was ill-fated. They tried something, and it was, it was I don't remember which one of them. Before Simon Garfunkel was, was saying to the interviewer that he felt that the people weren't meeting them. They wanted it to be no. I hear what he's like saying. Like the young and understood. Where we did something, we built something right, together, right. and you you didn't want that. You're you're a bunch of aging people who want me to bring you there. That's not what I'm here for. Right. Right. So well, I understand that completely, but the, 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 re, the reunion tours or the revival tours where they play their old music are very popular. He, right? he wanted probably to do a mix of both. Uh -huh. So the new didn't resonate, I hear. That's what he was saying. They, they said, go, could you again play yeah. whatever that song was? Scarborough Fair again. Right, right. exactly. So uh, what's right. going to stop people from saying, Abraham, Jordan, like, yeah, but could you really just play Nishamala? Like, what, what, what would you... Well, I'm not doing it on stage. I'm doing it on the album. So I, hopefully I, but, 10 years from now, it'll be part of right, their... But I'm saying, where do you, how do you draw that line between... You understand that there's a lot of the relationship that the Tsiba, that the public has with you, is nostalgia-based, and because they grew up with your music. You know that. And at the same time, you're an artist who wants to deliver. How do you know how to mix the old and the new, and in what proportion? Uh, it's been 18 years. 18 years ago was Journeys 4. It's been 18 years. Journeys 4 was Namarachal? Yeah, okay. I was in 2000 and 2003, 2004. It's a long time ago. 25 years ago was Journey's 3, and on Journey's 3, the opening song was Yes, We've Got the Music. With Majid Schenko, What a Pair, Uncle Talmud Songs of Gair. So on this album, we do an update. Yeah. 20, the last 25 years of Jewish music are going to be, I, I, I don't remember the lines off the top of my head, um, but it's... There, there is no reference on this new song that was on the other one. Like anyone there is not repeated That's a here. That's game. You're, you're saying names? That's hard. I'm you telling you, you, a whole bunch in? of names. You know, we've got all the all the all the current artists and and 20 year ago artists and and all. Not I can't say I have every artist. I mean, obviously we're leaving out people who I'm sure contributed, and I apologize to them here, but Pumbi in public, you know, it's impossible. To everybody's way, name. We'll use this forum to for my public apology, but. You know, people who I've heard of and, and, and other people suggested, people who are Do you listen to a lot of music from other people? Is that something you do? Are you a Jewish music aficionado in any way? Is that? So I really don't listen to too much, but I hear at weddings, I, I, I attend the chuppah, and if I hear something that's nice, I'll try to find out, you know, whose song it is. And, 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 and obviously at Simchas, you hear the children, the young, the youth singing songs, or even in the family, my grandchildren, I say, I say whose song is that? Then I learn a song or two, but I don't. I don't listen to my own. The music children are musical. The, the the children and the grandchildren of Baruch Hashem. Did they collaborate on this new album? If not for my children, I don't think there'd be a Journeys Five. Journeys Five got started. I have two songs from my youngest daughter. I have two songs from my middle son, that um, got me going. Songs are the tunes or the lyrics. Songs, lyrics, the whole kit and caboodle. And they, they really, I saw that I have some material with them, and it really motivated me to try and I don't know if you're going to be able to answer well. this question, but we'll try. Okay. Sometimes parents, especially uh, parents who are out there, performers, mm -hmm. feel like they have to, they're compelled to let their children in because it's just the right thing to do to give them their chance. Uh -huh. And other times they say, my kids are great, I need to share this. Are your kids good? Ah, the, the people will decide. You know, they're going to answer the question for, for, for us. I think, I think they're, they're good. But for them, it's also not a career thing. They don't do music for a living. Um, there are two songs about the Holocaust. 
Interesting. Um, one written by my daughter, one written by my son. Um, they both grew up with, uh, in Toronto with grandparents who went through the camps, who, were, who wore their survivorship, uh, if, if, you, if you want to use that term, on their sleeves. You know, they, they didn't hide it. They spoke about their experiences. They spoke about their, their hometowns. They spoke about life before the war, life during the war, and life after the war. Two songs at the Holocaust of 2021? You think that's, that's... Three songs, actually. Really? Well, two songs. One song is about the Holocaust. One song is about the rebirth after the Holocaust. And one song is a story of, of Holocaust survivors. So it's, it's, it's wow. three songs. So and I feel an obligation. I feel that you know the Holocaust is fading the, into the fading told. into memory, fading fading into the past, and our children aren't. I, I very much felt a mission to to write some songs that would keep it Look what 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 Ruth Lichtenstein is doing with Project Witness and trying to keep it alive in the schools and talking to right, the but children. she's not selling an album. That means a musical album is usually one experience, and you're saying there's going to be something else here. There's an element over here of depth and of awareness of your history. Well, I think all the Journeys albums have some depth. I'm very happy to write a, write a song that's happy. I'm and asking upbeat. if you shifted anything for the generation of 2021. You're saying you didn't. You treat, you're treating this audience like you always treated your audience, just that they're capable of hearing things. I'm writing songs that resonate with me. If it resonates with the audience, Gamzulatova. Uh, you know, I really don't care. If the audience doesn't find it resonating and they, I fall flat on my face, I'll still be happy with my album because I'm putting it out and doing as, as best I can. And, and it's a beautiful answer. I have a question right. for you. you. You dealt with people. You started out your career in the world of Rabbi Chait and Label Sharfman yes, and yes. others. And then you mentioned Donnie Gross and Joey. The, these are very today's people. Uh, How does someone like yourself, who's been around and dealt with all kinds of people, adapt to the sounds and the, the values and the, and the instincts of a new generation, Many of them are half your well, age. The, the, the music that's coming out today is, is just so... The singers of today are so wonderful. There's so much beautiful, beautiful music being... On this album, I reach out. I, you know, the old albums, I did it my old style. It was myself with a couple of chevra, you know, guys I knew and here and there. And they're wonderful, and they did a great job, and they represented journeys better than I could have ever hoped for. But, but on this album, like I say, 18 years later, I, I went out and I said, I want... I want to have that voice because that voice fits the song and that voice is unique. And this song is uniquely uh, uh, perfect for that person's voice. So, so we have Shulam Lemmer singing a song, Avram Fried is singing a song, Mordechai really? Shapiro singing a song, Joey Newcomb sings a song, Baruch Levine, Shlomo Simcha, myself. We do, there's just a lot of different voices on this album. And it's all because I really appreciate what's happening in the, the Jewish music world. There's so much They talent. must have been honored to be part of, to be associated with Journeys. Must have been an honor for them. I hope so. I hope so. I think so. I and think they enjoyed it very what's much. What's it been like working with Donny, who literally grew up at a time, you, you, you know, he's not much older than 18, right? You just you said it's 18 years since the right. last journey. Right. So, so what I like about Donny is, is even though he's, you know, half my age, probably less than half my age, he's not a pushover. He's not a wallflower, you know. He doesn't look at me and say, okay, whatever you say, bought. He says, nope, I don't like that. And he'll really? stand up for himself, and he'll say, "You could do it better." And he's uh, he's got a very sharp toe, and uh, I love it. You know, you love what he brought out the, musically from your collaboration. I don't always agree, and I still have veto power, but uh, 
he brings, uh, you know, he challenges me, and, and he, I think he brings out a lot of uh, maybe something that I w couldn't bring out on myself, by really? myself. So, you know, that's a good and thing. And the lyrics, other than that, from your children, is you and your children, all the lyrics on so this the album. So the children Go wrote for the two, two songs from my middle son, two songs from my youngest daughter. For each of those songs, they wrote both the music and the lyrics. Amazing. And then I have two songs are adaptations. One is an adaptation of a Moshe Yes song, and one is an adaptation of a of a Chaim um, David song. Wow! So, so I I felt that those songs needed to be uh, out there a little more, and and there was more to say than the original artist did. So I took and I adapted it, and we like so it's like a remake, but with new words and new lyrics, and you know, so those are fun. There ain't no bishop in a cliche. There ain't no And uplifting. Uh, there, do you write songs based on the world has changed many, many times in the last few years alone? We've been through. Is that reflected in, in the songs you've been writing and the lyrics you've been writing? I don't know. I, I have to think about that. Because people will be studying these lyrics. Everybody, everybody who writes a song, anybody anywhere in the world writes a song. Certainly somebody who writes lyrics, it's based on experiences and things that have happened in the world to them in their lives. Yeah, but nobody, nobody is studying. Your lyrics are being studied, like I showed you. People are sitting on the, and, right. and they'll say, who could convey the survivor experience that you just mentioned better than when the very last survivor fades away, who will you know, stand before? You said things that defined an error for people and help them process it. So it's not like anybody else's lyrics where we're... So my daughter wrote, how did they lift themselves up from the dust and build this world they created for us? Just that line. How did they lift Pardon. themselves from the dust and build this world they created, created for, for us? us? It's all very short, very simple. Very so that reflects her experience as a grandchild. And she as a grandchild. She, she saw and she knew that her grandfather helped to contribute to the shul and that the grandmother would go to the Beis Yaakov and... and, and and, and, and go to Haknas's Kala and donate her clothing. Nice. And, and, and she's seeing these people who crawled out. She originally had the line with but ten fingers. Well, we ended up taking that line out because my, my, my mother-in-law always used to say, God, no, saying we only had ten fingers when we came out. That's all we had. We just had the Trust fingers this. on our hand. That's all we had. So she grew up seeing that. And then she translated it into, into a lyric, and the music is even nicer than the lyrics, so, in my humble opinion. So there is a lot coming together. Yes. So is that, that's not more, that's not, your question was, is more of the contemporary events? That I don't know. I would have to think about no, But they're telling a story. You know, somebody sent me a joke recently. I'm not a big lyricist. I've done a couple of favors for, for things mm -hmm. I tried. Uh -huh. So he wrote back to me. He wrote, oh, Surely, you're a genius. Whoever thought of right, rhyming love and above? That you're probably uh -huh. the first person uh -huh. in history. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, he's right. That's like every... <laughs> like, it's not a thing I really do. I took uh -huh. it. It was okay. You uh -huh. don't do that. You're, you're telling the story first, and, and you're hoping that at all. Sometimes I look in a rhyming dictionary. I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say I don't. I know I need a rhyme for this, because I love the first half of it. If only I could find a word for the second half. But usually something's there compelling you to, 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 to say something in a certain way. But look, uh, over, over the years, I've also, you know, done my, my share of, you know, I have some tears and fears and, you know, those kind of rhymes, too. I have a few of those. If you were the first, it's okay. Not the first. Every camp song, every, every Color War song since they invented Color War has tears and fears in it. You know, that's, it's, it's 
standard. It's do you see yourself bread. performing these songs live again? The new journeys? Are you ready to take this out to the stage? To not 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 ready to think about that yet. You know how it translates to the stage. You reach a comfort level if, with the if stage. If it reaches, if the, if there are songs that work well on stage, and I can sing it at a kumzitz, and you know what, when I go to a kumzitz and people start singing Joe DiMaggio's card and they ask me to sing along, that's the best kind of kumzitz. I'd rather they sing and I'll help them out rather than the other way around, because that's the that's the biggest honor. They love the song, they want to sing the song, and you're there to help them along, and that's that's a real kumzitz. <laughs> able to say things with the English songs that you can't say with the Hebrew songs because everybody understands and connects with the words in a, in a different way, right? Unfortunately. Unfortunately, we are so, myself included, so so lacking in our understanding of what David HaMelech meant when he said those words. I mean, we try to translate them in our head, and if you don't have an art scroll sitter which properly translates it with the, you know, Oh, Zion, there's so much there, and there's so much poetry, and, and we miss it. It just floats over our head during davening, unfortunately. You know? the but the Hebrew, I think some of the, some of the Israeli singers today who are writing beautiful, wonderful lyrics with depth and meaning. You like what they're doing. I love it. With that I love open, it. informal, yes, direct. Yes, it's, it's, imp- it's important. We talked about this. Uh, I wrote the book on Robert Trank a couple of years ago, his favorite mm-hmm. song was ninth, ninth man on the team, yes, and yes. he loved the idea of, because I am their Rebbe, is that the word? Or since I am since their, I am their Rebbe. Rebbe. He thought that that was a, a composite of everything a Rebbe is. That means if this was what it takes for me, whatever take off takes. my jacket and take a bet right. for my Talmudim, I'm their Rebbe. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And he would do carpool every morning around like when you pick up the kids. Uh-huh. He'd wake them up also, go into the house, go into their bedrooms and wake up every kid, bring them out to the van, and he'd play that song every morning. Yeah. That's not poetry, since I am their Rebbe. I don't think that I have any song 
that doesn't have some kind of a message. I don't think. The closest song I have to a, to a song that was really just whimsical and is the second version of The Ninth Man, right? Where it rains and the, you know, the, right. the Rebbe prays for rain because they were getting blown well, out in the game, you know? Having fun and doing so music. I was having a little bit of fun, but even there, you know, the, there's a little bit of, of a message, but it's very, very little, very small. But, but I don't think I have a song. I, even on the new record, I have some crazy stuff, and it's it's a little bit, maybe a little bit out of the box. Some of the music and some of the, some of the, uh, the the genres that we use, but there's a message, and you have to sometimes dig a little bit to get to it. Do you but feel like it's faithful to your chinuch training and background? These, these songs that you're still you're still teaching. Hundred percent, a hundred percent. The fact that the music changes a little bit is 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 normal and natural. Music always Do you changes. Realize how unusual it is for you at this Leanne Howard, this age and yeah. this stage of your career Advanced stage, to yeah. be releasing new. I didn't say, like I said, of mir gesagt, such a hairline. You know, oh. you look amazing. Um, to be able to release new Hi music. Hi there, Hebra. How are you doing? Release new music with. with he's, he's going on again. You know, he's just to rambling. Release new music with these guys. It's a, it's a big I feel deal. I'm energized by it. I, you know, the chevra, I'm challenged. It's a challenge. And my children challenge me, you know, Abba, you have to put out another album. You have to do it. I said, okay. I did a book. I did, I did a Safer. I did a Safer with Art Scroll. Sure. I, did a, I, did a, I did a book, Pepsi. So Baruch Hashem, over the years, I've been able to have my outlets, my creative outlets, and, 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 and push those things. But they said, you know, the journey's brand and the journey's uh, name is... Is, is important and it's impacted a lot of people and you should keep on doing it and they pushed me and then when they came to me with not just complaints or, or, or tinas go do something they brought me material that that was good and that was worthy of, of that brand and that really motivated and pushed go. me I'm, I'm very much looking forward to hearing it I'm going to close yeah. with the most cliched question I don't think I've ever asked it to anybody uh-huh. before because I always thought it was beneath me. A uh-huh. good interviewer shouldn't have to ask, what's your favorite song? What's? Uh-huh. But when we did an article on you a couple of years ago, I asked uh-huh. a lot of your close friends, uh, uh-huh. Rivi and Shlomo Simcha and Baruch Levine uh-huh. and others, what's, and nobody agreed. Normally, there's a uh-huh. legacy song. Uh-huh. Uh, what's AB's legacy song? It, we had 12 people, and they gave 12 different answers. Mm-hmm. That's, Akali, the, that's, the nicest that's the nicest right, but What do you consider the legacy song? <laughs> If I lowered myself to ask it, please answer it. I don't have. Any, I don't know. I really don't know. You. I. O- I only say. Your great great grandchildren. Someone's going to say, "Do you know who Abi Rothenberg was? What song are they playing to explain what Abi Rothenberg means to that generation? The generations." I don't think they're playing one song. I don't think so. You have to play it's all, a have bunch to of songs. You have to play. It has but to they be can't do half a Baruch song. Gonna, Baruch Levine's going to do. But he's got to do the whole song. May have asked him for me. He'll still be a young man, and he's going to put out a song with with you know. He'll pick the 10 or 12 songs that encapsulate, encapsulate everything. I, I can't tell you. You're really just getting don't. started. Be, there's it's lots more to come. The best it's is yet to come. I used, I, I've told people that. You know, people are what's your favorite? I said, I hope I haven't written it yet. My favorite song. So You don't still to come. talk a lot about what you're doing. You're just doing it. You're just Leonhard, quietly doing your thing. And here we go again. It's Asian now with Journeys. It's Any more dreams? What's next? What other albums do you still have in you? After this? I am working on another safer that I can tell you. Are you? I am. So that's a, a dream of mine to be able to come out with it and to do it well. And uh, I think I'm going to take a little time off from music after uh, Journeys comes out because it's been, I've been working with Donnie now on this project for two years. It's, it's, 
it's interesting. It's not like I'm, I'm sitting there working every day, you know, hammering, sure. uh, hammering away for two years, but, but we've been talking about it and songs have evolved and, and a changed. A lot of actual physical travel going in. There has been that too, more, more lately in the but last few months. The nice thing months, is that but, uh, we both live in Canada. It's so easy and pleasant to get in and out now. They make it so nice for you. It's so, so comfortable. <laughs> so that's a reason. That's Maybe. right. I got to get my COVID test uh, this afternoon. Hey, thank you for coming in. I'm Pleasure. very, very much looking forward to it. Me and my family to your new albums and to many more on It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Yisrael. And Hatzlacha uh, to you. And you. nobody does an interview like you. You're the best. Thank you very much.